Deciding to make the move to a new city to pursue your dream of a career in music can be incredibly daunting and intimidating. You're suddenly surrounded by so much talent, so much opportunity, that it's hard to know where to begin and who to trust. That's why Mark Thress and Sheridan Gates created New Roots, a hands-on mentorship program based in Nashville, Tennessee, for female artists who are ready to dive in and launch their music careers. New Roots provides female developing artists with music industry resources surrounded by supportive and trusted industry professionals to develop a new generation of passionate, empowered women. During New Roots' three-day events, each artist gets the unique opportunity to record on Music Row with a Grammy-winning producer, ask questions and learn from industry professionals, co-write songs, work with a celebrity stylist and photographer, perform in a traditional Nashville writer's round, and most importantly, feel empowered to take charge of their career. The next New Roots event is coming up June 16th through 19th in Nashville, Tennessee, and spots are limited, so head to wearenewroots.com to fill out the free and quick application. At New Roots, it's all about growing together, supporting each other, and lifting each other up in order to create real change and opportunity for women in the music industry. They strive to create a safe, supportive, and collaborative community in which women can launch their careers more confidently and creatively. Don't wait to apply. Head to wearenewroots.com and follow them on Instagram at New Roots Nashville for all the details and to learn about upcoming events. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This is Season 2, Episode 5, and I am super, super pumped because one of my favorite groups is on the show today. This is the episode where I get to interview the Daily Fair. Hannah and Alyssa are incredible humans and just even more so incredible musicians. So if you are a fan of the Civil Wars, I'm telling you right now, you're going to love these two. If you like that dark and moody and brooding storytelling, this music is for you. It's 100% for you. So uh, Hannah, Alyssa, I hope you're okay with me describing your music that way because that's just kind of what it is. It's, it's incredibly emotional and very deep and thought-provoking and the both of them are just super super awesome individuals in their own right and just to get to sit down and talk with them about their music is incredible and on the last Music on the Move showcase I had the honor and privilege of actually playing some of their music with them which was like the first time that they've ever really played with a full band so I was very proud to be the drummer for that I'm saying really excited to to talk about this, you know, incredible group, their music, and also we go down a few rabbit holes. So you're you're gonna learn a lot about about these two individuals and and their influences in music, and it's it's vast. It is incredibly vast. So sit back, hold on to your to your cocktail or to your coffee, whatever you're drinking. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we were all drinking some kind of cocktail when we <laughs> actually recorded this, but. So, without any further ado, this is Lazy by The Daily Fair. Lazy 
Jukebox, everybody. I am your host, Katie Thompson, and with me is the Daily Fair. Hey. Oh my gosh. So, Alyssa and Hannah, I've been waiting for this moment. So, I have to start with this. Ever since I saw the two of you perform at the Music on the Move Studio Showcase at the Exit Inn, Mm -hmm. I was just straight up like fangirl stalking, listening to all the music because. Your harmonies are so freaking good. Oh, thank you, Katie. That means a lot coming from a twin who we know can do harmonies too. So thank you very much. Well, I, I really appreciate just your vibe. And I also really appreciate the fact that like on your website, uh, people have compared you to the civil wars because they're one of my sister and I's favorite bands. So so good. And I have to say that is a very, very accurate statement. Like the the second that I heard you guys do your first song during your sound check, I was like, oh, it's the Civil Wars. Oh my God. <laughs> Life goal Thanks, is to yes. uh, keep doing music, unlike the Civil Wars. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, please. We've worked it's out like our issues together, break. together. Yes. Together. We decided that was necessary. <laughs> Uh, I'll look at the both of you. Both have cocktails. What? Okay, so what are you drinking? I need to know. Um, Hannah, what am I drinking? I don't know what's in here. So <laughs> we went to a spot the other day with a girlfriend, and uh, it basically had like a grapefruit old fashioned. Ooh! And then I right. suddenly became obsessed with that idea. Um, so that's what I made. Is that what I have too? Yeah, but yours has less sugar in it. <laughs> I'm sweet enough. Hers is like whiskey <laughs> with the bitters. <laughs> she is sweet enough. Give me all That's the bitters. Funny. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, so I want to for our listeners. I want to start kind of at the beginning and uh, how Daily Fear got formed, and definitely talk about you know where the both of you are from. So, um, Alyssa, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Talk about okay. where you're from, and then you can just kind of like mold into Hannah's story, and Hannah, you can pick up from there. Sounds good. Um, well, my name's Alyssa or Liz, whichever you're, you're more into. Should we ever, whoever's listening to this, meet in person? So all up to you. But I grew up in Minnesota. I that's that was most of my life until I went to college um, for a couple of years and um, met Hannah actually at an off-campus music program that both of our colleges were affiliated with. So that was my final year of school. 
and um, that's how I got away from what I thought I was going to do, which was like church music um, and into the actually like saying things I felt like needed to be said and like finding my own artist's voice, I guess, if you want to call it. That's a thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So did that. And I don't know. I'm from a really big family up in Minnesota. So it just I feel like I've found a another form of that here uh and uh, so out on the at, at that music program i met hannah and i met a bunch of other friends and that program has since moved to nashville so th- i've any yeah so it, it sort of felt like there was already a community or a, like found family kind of a base in nashville after graduating so um but i've been playing music since i was five and then here i am now in an, another city with someone who's been doing something similar similar not the same but yeah we both decided to move here after school and give it a shot i actually really love that you brought up the fact that for a minute in college i mean it like you have an actual degree in it i do but like church music and like one of my favorite songs that we've ever written we do it at the end of every show is come on weary brother and the only show we've not done it at was actually the music on the move show the first one we did at exit in and it felt so wrong that, like, <laughs> now, like, no matter what, we always finish with that song. The show went really and well, but we felt weird yeah, felt, not singing that song. It felt weird in us that we didn't do it. And uh, so, anyway, I love that because I feel like it harkens to your musical past but blends it with what is happening right now musically for, for you. And I think that's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so... Me and Mother Superior <laughs> singing along to Sound of Music, you know? <laughs> How to problem solve them like Maria. How to problem solve them like Maria. That sounds like a thing that should happen. <laughs> Please write this parody immediately. Yes, you know it that's going to... happen. Yeah. You could probably do that right now. I won't do it right now. Probably could, though. I'm yeah, sure I, you could. Actually, I think I that hope. would be really funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, I'm Hannah. I grew up in many places. Um, I'm technically a Canadian, um, as I was born there, but both my parents are American. So I lived there for my first, like, eight years of life and then moved stateside. And um, just grew up with music and life in my house. And my dad's the kind of fella that will, like, play guitar during the commercials on the show. And um, I didn't realize the impact of that until <laughs> I started like songwriting with people and they would just be like playing something and I would just make something up. Um, that doesn't drive me nuts. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, you know, 10 years of working together, we figured it out. We got this. A bit. That's a like, little no, bit about us. We met each other out. in college <laughs> right. on an island and uh, wound up deciding we didn't want to live in our hometowns forever and chose Nashville as the hub simply, honestly, simply because we had a lot of friends that moved here. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if a lot of people think about it when they choose where to live and p- perhaps some do, but I don't know the moving to a place where you feel that you belong already 
like I've I don't feel like I've ever had to start from scratch with mm-hmm. with having a community mm-hmm. anywhere that I've lived. Uh I mean even with with going to college out of state. Um I had friends from growing up that not very many but a couple of people and then um yeah I I don't know I guess that's part of why our music is the way it is too is just we've found well one another and then also other people simultaneously and beyond that who are here for us as people first and musicians afterwards or additionally but not the other way around yeah i don't think would you say that's true yeah some of our dearest friends are like quote unquote musicians or artists and didn't know that we did music together for five years really like of our relationships because we didn't want that to be like a pivotal point of like by the way we're touring artists too um and then they heard us and it was like what? And then minds were blown. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a, it was a really sweet moment. Um, yeah, it was a really sweet moment. <laughs> yeah, Hannah, if you could stay closer. To I was gonna mic, say I need to stay closer. I got to turn <laughs> the mic a little bit. It's funny that she's the lead vocalist. Like I'm. Listen, I do really good in performances, but when it's like my feelings and opinions, it's a little <laughs> more difficult. Chase her around with her own microphone. I'm also like <laughs> squeaking the table underneath me, and it's. I don't think that's stressing it's me not out. Touching the table, so it's fine. But you're good. I can't hear it. You can't hear my dog chomping away on her little chew toy <laughs> down say, here. No, awesome, like, Stuart. These chomp. mics are great. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Stuart, for these amazing mics. Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay, so so I want to talk about your influences because they're super eclectic, and I love it. So um, so we have Judy Garland, Amanda Palmer, Brenda Carlisle, which you absolutely have my heart on that. Mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette and Beethoven. i studied classical piano for a very long time and i love dark and moody dark and stormy all of the above and he's definitely your dude absolutely yeah so i think if you were to chain them all together would be in from like you know past to like our time would be beethoven and then just sort of a net with amanda palmer and alanis and brandy for me Mm -hmm. and then Judy was like my my biggest. I was like 13 years old and I saw a documentary on PBS of like her life and it completely flipped a script on me of like wait, I didn't even know that she did more movies than The Wizard of Oz. And then I went down the rabbit hole and haven't stopped. Like truly one of the most brilliant and broken people of all time and um yeah I I don't think my love for her will actually ever stop I I I just have such a such a place in my heart for someone who wanted so badly for healing and love and to be seen and that's something that in in the music we write now I feel like comes through um i did musical theater a lot when i was uh growing up and i i think that can be seen there's been like 
one or two people in like our whole musical career, like one person came up to me and was like, let me guess. Your main influence was Judy Garland. <laughs> I was wow. like, ah, you're the only person that has actually ever said that to me. Did you squawk at them like that? Thank you. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we, were in, we were literally we were in Chicago on tour and it happened. And I was like, I think I might love you forever. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it's, I don't know, I could go on. You don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But I, I really do. Anyway, she really, really deeply influenced me as a human being and an artist to realize whether it looks good or not, um, someone is hurting. I have a story for you. So yes. we're gonna we're gonna go down a Judy hole for just a second. <laughs> so uh, one of my professors in college, actually, my music lit uh, professor was a trumpet player and he ended up on tour with Judy. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, he, it, Ray has been on tour with a lot of people. He actually ended up on tour with Elvis Presley once. So anyway, okay. but for, for this one particular story, I'll never forget the way that he described it. She was sitting backstage in a chair, like up against a wall. Nobody was talking to her. She was just kind of like, you know, she kind of yeah. he said that she kind of looked half dead. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know, the the MC announces, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Judy Garland. And all of a sudden she just like comes to life, gets yeah. up and she's got this bigger than life personality. She goes out on stage. She kills it, like gives an amazing performance, standing ovation, comes back off the stage and she's just like. Kind of like Jack Sparrow in it, back off the mm -hmm. stage and yeah. you know mm -hmm. grabs a cocktail. Well, that was like that was like an actual big thing with her was the only thing. It's kind of like uh, the closest thing that we've ever had to that as far as like s stage freaking outness. <laughs> like it's not it's not even anxiety. It's this. It wasn't like, stage fright. It's this understanding. Oh, I have another rabbit hole. It's like so fascinating to run down with Alanis. It's a trail if it's connected. But um, when a performer goes out on stage, they are the actual physical embodiment of the feelings and emotions of the music. And then all of those people are pushing all of their feelings back out at that person and in a relation with what's going on. And if you sit for a second and you understand that if you're singing or screaming, you know, we all learn in elementary school, like, energy doesn't stop. If your energy doesn't stop and there's an entire gallery of people screaming at someone in excitement, all of that has to be ingested somehow, digested somehow. And I think about that with Judy and Adele because Adele's got a lot of um, struggles with that that she's been working through. And like the love Judy plus the didn't anxiety. have that like knowledge base of a safe place. She never really had one. And um, so I I feel for her, and that was like a the whole musical 
element of her being kind of dead and brought to life by the music was something that her and the um, MC actually talked about was like what because I think it was the the man that won you was the beginning da 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 was always the thing that kind of like brought her out of the depths of her sinking. Anyway, again, rabbit hole of my love for her. <laughs> I think she is a fascinatingly beautiful broken person. Agree on many levels. Yeah. Thanks for telling that story. It's cool. Absolutely. For sure. All right. So, so let's talk a little bit about your music, the Daily Fairs music. And I love the way that you describe yourselves, eclectic, loud, intentional, and story-driven. And I really hope that anybody listening, I hope that you once get an opportunity to see these lovely, lovely humans perform because they are everything that they describe themselves as. I mean, Aww. Hannah, Thanks, your Katie. voice, I will never, uh, it wasn't exit in when I saw you, it was at Marathon, we were in the vestibule. Um, when you're oh, yeah. like you you hit this crazy ass note and like the entire room just went like that. I mean, we could we could feel it in our chest. And Aaron and I both were like we're kind of in the back and we both just went hold me. Oh shit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we both just had an experience like Hannah totally just took us to this level and we were not ready. And like, I mean, she had heard you before, so she knew exactly what she was getting into. And I'm over here like, somebody please restart my heart. What is happening? So could you could you maybe talk about um, like we'll we'll get into lazy in a little bit, but maybe maybe pick another song off of your album that really means a lot to you and talk about that intentional story driven vibe that you strive so much for. Interesting, interesting like question segue and her voice is it's been 10 years and I can almost keep up now with like the energy it took me a <laughs> long time you were correct in the like it'll blindside you yeah in a good way so for the record just gonna tell that to everybody I'm in the uh, band and it's like work <laughs> to try and Please. perform alongside in tandem but it's you you it's real good you hold your own nowadays. Oh, thanks. Working yeah. on it. But songs on the record. The, I think there's two. This whole record is like a... It's everything that we've wanted to say and haven't said for a lot of years. And uh, I don't know if we've actually really talked about that in other conversations or interviews that we've done. I don't know. I don't actually know. When we went into making this record, we had a good old, you know, fight about the fact that it's time to unabashedly tell the stories we think need to be told. And the, uh, the we trick managed to do that for ourselves, I think. Yeah. The challenge, I guess, I'll say not the trick. The challenge was telling stories that we needed to tell as people and artists, but that also involved other people who weren't ready to tell their side of the same story. So it was like, mm -hmm. how do you find, and perhaps you've run into this yourself, Katie, I don't, I should ask, we should have that conversation sometime, but how do you tell 
your, the story that you need to get out of you when other people who are still alive and aren't ready to talk about those same things like how do you tell that story without also taking away their ability to decide if they also talk about it yeah. if that makes sense so that this yeah. this whole record so what your question while i i'm thinking about how to answer it you're good it's it's almost like every song is a bit it's a bit of that. That, yeah. It, they all kind of have that sort of feeling. But I think that you mentioned, you you whispered it to me, was one is Clean Breaks. Ugh. And another, I think, is actually We're Pretending. Stop saying the songs that relate to my life right now. Well, <laughs> like, that's what's actually really, like, entertaining is, like, I'm, I'm going through some, like, life changes, like, massive life changes personally. And... Like, those were like the two. <laughs> those are the two you were thinking of. Hey, I have so many memes. This to is say. what happens when you tell but the like, truth in your own those, songwriting. That's the thing. Is like we told the truth about these other things that we were seeing in our lives, and now that I'm in a different transition in my life, they make sense, and it it hurts, and it is actually giving me comfort to realize I've actually. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I've already told my own story yeah. mm -hmm. through the through the lens of me seeing it happen in someone else's life and helping them reconcile it. And uh, clean breaks is a really beautiful thing. My mom even today was like, maybe a clean break is better. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even listen to my music. Say, does she know like, that song? Because that's the chorus. <laughs> she doesn't know that song well enough to like be able, like my mom has listened to my music. Don't get me wrong. But like she, I don't, she doesn't know the music well enough, but it's, it's such a phrase to recognize is a necessity of like, maybe that is the better choice. And mm. that line in that song is, clean breaks are better in the long run. They're prettier on paper, but they break us all. Mm. And that's actually what that feels like, and I'm living it out. <laughs> oh. Well, that's, oh, and I hate it. That's the thing about storytelling, though, right? If you, if you are coming from a place of saying something that is true, it's always going to be true, just the context in which you are hearing it, uh. where you are, it's going to hit you differently based yeah. on your own personal experience, perspective, the people around you, like everything. If someone is, is, I mean, I say telling the truth, like, and I, what I mean by that is writing or saying anything or acting, like living your life in a way that is genuinely like of yourself you're not putting on you're not writing to write a hit on the radio which there's nothing wrong with but there's a different approach to doing that versus what we do which is we are tr we are writing songs that if no one else ever heard them that's okay like we or you know or didn't like them that's fine I like what we write they relate right. to me. Sometimes I like what we write. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love relating to my own. There's like 4,000 songs no one's ever heard. But that's the thing is like, are you, what is the purpose behind what you're saying? And for, I think for our music, it is to communicate with people in a way that is honest and vulnerable and open and inviting you to also come in and do the same thing or to, 
stay over there and do this. You know, just you, you are welcome, whoever you are, wherever you are, to be here if you want to be here. Yeah. Come on in, you know? Like, it's that, that's, I think, what we're doing. And it's not always comfortable yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, to be there. I, one thing that was said um, a while back was someone not understanding what they were walking into when they came into our show in Chicago. And they were, like, crying and said, I did not expect when I walked in tonight to hear my song, m to hear my story sung back at me. And I was like, huh, that's fun. Well, and that's how you know that your music is timeless. So think about it like this. Hannah, you might have, you know, the two of you might have written that song, what, I don't know, a year ago now? When you released uh, that album? Breaks? Well, it's, it's been a, well, we can get into that. Yes and so no. <laughs> it, uh, this record was supposed to be released in 2020, and we held it off until 2021. Until it felt brighter. So it's, be, it's okay. been a couple of years. <laughs> so it's been a couple of years. Yeah. You, you wrote that song. Mm -hmm. You wrote Clean Breaks when you were in one phase of your life, mm -hmm. and now here you are in another phase, and it still applies. Right? Mm -hmm. That's the mark of a timeless song, friends. So... Thanks. Thank you. It, it sucks. Friends, I can I, tell you. <laughs> not that I it can, doesn't suck. I'm sure yeah, it really no, sucks what you're going you, through. And, like, I'm, and I'm sorry. I can, <laughs> I can like relate to that feeling, though, that people have said now. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, we have some really great stories of, like, kind of the one that I just told you of, like, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yeah. Um, and I can say it about myself, like, I sung a song back to myself and cried. Yeah. Today, you know, like, and I think uh, that that is something um, we can genuinely be proud of. Is we we told a story that makes sense for mm -hmm. the human condition. I don't know if I, if we, I, we answered the question you actually asked. It's, it's always weird to answer questions about songs because they are such a blend of like my story, her story, other people's stories. Like sometimes like there is no specific one story about a song, I think for the way that we write. And we don't often talk about the story, like the story behind the song in a live performance, like a lot of singer songwriters mm -hmm. do. 
because I don't know, and I've been thinking about this, and it seems to uh, it seems to elude us. Is Pond rocking my mic stand? Can you hear that? I hear like a little bit of like kind of like okay. Is it is it bothering? Is it is it going to be a big deal? Okay. But is sitting on. I just want to make sure it's not like I want to make sure it's not going like. No, you're fine. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, I don't know that we often are able to in a live setting, tell a story or tell like the story about this song because I don't know if in any given moment we both know what that song is about. So it's like people, and people have asked us before and I think this has happened every time where we'll try, we'll start to answer the question and it will evolve into another story. Sure. Kind of where it's not, not, it's not evading the question. That's not what it's meant to be. Right. I would love to give you like, oh, it's about this and this and this, but I can't do that because that's not how we wrote. That's not how it was written. Ninety nine percent of the time with our music, say, there is one song on the record I could tell you the exact. Oh, I take it back. Two songs on the record <laughs> I can tell you. Oh, the last. Wait, song. there's more of them. The last song on the record, "The Tides," was written how many years ago? Uh, eleven years ago. Oh wow. And yeah. the first song on the record was written ten years ago. No, oh, no, sorry, I take that back. It was written <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> it was written in 2019, like yeah. nearly ten years later, is what I was trying to get at. Um, but they bookend one another. Yeah. Hey, it yeah. happens. Yeah, and that's okay. And I, I actually, I, I mean, it, it was on purpose. Oh, you did it purposefully. Uh, melodically, we did that. Melodically, on we did it on purpose. Um, but. Yeah, the tides was was the, the first song that we ever wrote together. Legitimately, the first song we ever wrote together, and with um, a webcam that you had to stick on your computer physically. Old school. And she used yeah. to like play guitar, and I would like type <laughs> in on the little messenger thing, Skype? like my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> but at the time, I had just had like major surgery, so I was really high on meds, oh. and uh, that's how the tides happened. It's That's about fantastic. a farm. It's about a farm. <laughs> about a farm. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for it. That's fine. I was gonna say I don't think we've actually ever talked about that either. Like, we I think we have. We keep a- alluding to the fact it's not what you think it's about. Um, or is it? You can't know. Question mark. No, but that's fine. Nobody's gonna know. No, it's fine. No one's gonna know. No, exactly. Yes, thank you. No one's gonna know. They're Make gonna a TikTok. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first line of that song is "I can taste you all over again," and I wrote that about a farm. Were you talking about like the dirt in the air and like? <laughs> I think I was talking more about the experience of the dirt like, in the, the air, the fullness on a farm? of being enveloped in a particular environment. The dirt in the air being the dirt on a in the farm. Air? That is what you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's all I could think of because I was like, I worked on a farm. That's what that means to me that's every time I hear right. it. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it, it's funny because it's actually like a a really like precious memory to me that I like embodied in a song. Um, it wasn't about a person, and I actually think that has a little bit more of a foundation because. Life happens, death happens, loss happens. Um, in some places, 
continue to exist whether you're there or not. Right. And I actually really love the idea of the personification of a place. And so that's what happened. I personified a a place and a time in my childhood that meant a lot to me. That's beautiful. Yeah. So. So, okay, so talk to me a little bit about lazy. Uh, so I've, I've listened to it a bunch today and mm. I, I, I love it. It's, it's beautiful, but, um, you know, and if, if this is one of those things where you're not really sure how the story developed, that's okay. I just want to give the, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We no, completely you're fine. know you're fine. how that story. Happened. Well, I was going to say, yeah. I would love to hear what it, what you feel like listening to that song because. So my I'm curious. Take, yeah. My takeaway, um, and, and I think I've just actually been thinking about this a lot lately, uh, is, you know, in, in the world where uh, basically technology is like kind of king, uh, mm -hmm. it makes it really easy to get complacent um, because we're either always on our For phones sure. or we're always watching TV or we're always on a computer. It's mm -hmm. social media 90% of the day. And, and when you come home yeah. and you're supposed to be with the person that you're with, you know, how often are are you both either just sitting on the couch, just not really even paying attention to each other? There's a TV on, but you've also got your phone in front of you, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. to me, this song is just about getting complacent in a relationship and not putting in effort and, mm -hmm. and thinking like, oh, this is just easy because... You're not actually, you're not even engaging with each other at that point. Like, is there even really a relationship happening? That's the mm. question, isn't it? Right. Rage. Nice. Thank yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Like that is the envelopment of the feeling. Um, I started a challenge with myself <clears throat> a this couple the song of years came ago. From? Yeah. I started a challenge with myself a couple of years ago where um i just let kind of pointed out like i never listen to music like i'm always listening to like books or talk radio or whatever and i was like well music can stress me out so i guess i just gotta have a reason to listen to it sometimes and i started um listening through like the full discography of different artists that friends were like wait you've never listened to queen you've never listened to journey you've never listened to this and so i was like oh screw it i'll just spend an entire day per artist only listening to their music and see what happens and that day in particular i'd been doing it for a while and that day in particular it was aerosmith all right and <laughs> uh you knew one song by aerosmith uh, i've known i know a couple songs by them but um i mean i think everybody knows i don't want to close so i was like okay i'm just gonna dig my heels in a little bit and then i came home and i was like madly inspired and that's where the song came from in lieu of what i was seeing happen in the relationship of a friend and I it like got so far under my skin of this like, what feeling? Like really, after all this time, that's your decision. But it's exactly what you said. Like 
this complacency. Like, when did you stop thinking I was cool? Right. When did you stop realizing I could leave? Yeah. And I, and not that like when you stop feeling, like fight through a relationship if you feel like it's a valuable thing to be in, but goodness, push yourself, push each other to be the best you can be. And uh, wrote that song on a whim. Liz started playing something off of like my idea of like Aerosmithy. As I do. And w- not, not that Aerosmith, song was not song that song was written <laughs> right in yeah. one take. Wow. Yeah. Like I just like said all my feelings and then we went to the studio like two days later. Mm-hmm. And rewrote a couple of little things and then recorded it. <laughs> That's sick. But it was it was really it was really cool to just be like, oh no, I actually have a, a, a apparently I have a major feeling about that. That should probably be something I say yeah. because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm the only one that is starting to recognize love has actually become extremely lazy. Truth. And, like, no song is really new, right? So people have been around for a long time, so that feeling has been around <laughs> for just as long, probably. And for me, from, like, I, I honestly didn't have a whole lot to do with the lyrics of that song, but the guitar that I was playing, we had borrowed from our producer, Stephen Lywicki. And, hey, Stephen. And uh, he had lent us this guitar, with which had lipstick they're called lipstick pickups which is um it's like an older style of pickup so the sound is very unique and it sounds it sounds old if -hmm. that makes sense so it's a yeah single coil pickups with a very instead of being a bright shiny sound or like talking sound it's kind of got a muffled like listening to an old radio is how my brain thinks of them Mm -hmm. so playing playing guitar and listening like it I think certain instruments can write s- songs that other instruments can't. Yeah. I agree. How do you feel about that, Katie? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. There like okay, so I'm sure y- you've had this experience where like you'll pick up maybe like an acoustic and mm-hmm. you'll try something doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you've got to switch and maybe you'll start on a bass and all of a sudden the bass totally like locks it in and now you know where you're going. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to find your center point of yeah. what you're trying to say, right? So, yeah. yes, it's like that where I don't think that song would have happened if I'd picked up something else. I agree with that. I don't think that she would have sat down to say something if I had been playing something else. Actually, was what happened. I was already playing guitar, and she came in. Yeah, and I was like, I got something mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> and that's that's not the first time that's happened. But the other one, the first time that I recall and that we actually have a recording of, which maybe we can find and send you if I can dig it out of my archives, is the um, the recording of Down to the River, which is mm-hmm. one of our yeah. f- songs from our first EP, yeah. which was is also like we it's there's a music video. There's a whole you can see where Hannah grew up in Oklahoma. Like that's the farm so, that I wrote that song about. There's oh. so much. There's so many stories built into one song that unless you know every person Mm -hmm. who could possibly be connected to that 
person who was singing it at the time and the person who was playing it at the time, you will never know just how far that story actually reaches into humanity. Wow. Like the tendrils of that song, but just because of the situation in which it was written and, yeah. you know, like what came from it and stuff like that. So, but that was all because I had a crappy little, like, kids sized guitar in a car while we were driving to a place and she was, was having a bunch of a feel- problem for <laughs> someone else for someone else and i had feelings about it and, um, and i was we like we're, we're gonna die on this mountain it's gonna be great <laughs> we were driving through the mountains of east tennessee and she started playing guitar and down to the river is the song that came out I happened to have an iPhone finally at the time and uh, there was a way to record my last moments on earth if that was going to be it and we got them. We really did it. It wasn't until like, I don't know, 18 months later we like revisited that song. I was like, I feel like we wrote a song that wasn't like terrible and um, it wasn't actually, which is nice. Yeah. And we went back to it, and I was like, whoa, those were big feelings. It's grown up with us. Let's yeah, put it that way. Yeah. It's grown up with us, that song. matters a lot to people, and I really respect the fact that people have found relation with our music. I think that's cool. I think that's one of the things that people get so like far away from in the music business is that sometimes they really forget to be relatable. They forget to to write the stories that are actually going to touch people. And like the one fan that told you, like I was not expecting my story to get sung back to me tonight. Like that, to me, that is the mark of true craftsmanship in writing. If you are able to make that kind of connection that literally just like reaches into somebody's chest cavity and pulls out their heart and makes them look at it. I mean, it's, it's gross and it's uncomfortable and it's hard but that is what your music does. Thank you. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. Well, and I mean, you. I just equated it to somebody like, you know, pulling their chest out of their, well, pulling their heart out of their chest. Holy mom. Thank you. I mean, we've had, uh, we've had uh. grown people, like adults sobbing in our arms. Like, I mean, it's, it, and I'm not saying that's like all on our part, but I, I'm really I'm really thankful that we are willing to provide a space for that to happen for people. And, um, and I think that's, it's a, it's a weird responsibility. (laughs) Well, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I mean, you think about it, like you have these, you have these adults that are coming to you and they're like, if they're literally sobbing on your shoulder and all you can do is just be like, Mm-hmm. You know, like you just be there for them. But I mean, I that's see you. Yeah, yeah. I, I know those are real. Well, when's the last time some people heard that? Right. Yeah. And that's a per- maybe some of that comes from working in the coffee business or, you know, if you're if you work in some sort of service industry, people. I think feel safe or safer in knowing this person doesn't know anything about me, they can, like, in a way, like, get me what I want slash need, and they have no idea who I am. Right. 
so like people like we have a song called barstool confessions like which is not released um but there are there are like how many of us have been sitting in a place whether you drink or don't like how you've been sitting somewhere where you feel like i'm the only one who can like who will remember this moment and this person over here like i just need to get it out of me i just need to tell somebody it doesn't matter and i hope that my time spent in that industry instead of making me bitter <laughs> has made me a willing listener who chooses to invest my energy and my self into not just listening to what you're saying, but hearing what someone is telling me, yeah. whether I see them again or not. Like some industries, you've got regulars, you'll see them again. Sure. The person who sobbed into both of our arms at that one show at different times in the night. I think we were in contact for a couple of days just I to make sure they I were okay. But I think he's in a better place now. Okay. So, but yeah, it was. Haven't, it's been, what, six years? Or not so many? Three? Oh, well. <laughs> time. What? Time. What, what is, is time? It? It's a flat circle. Yeah. I mean, right pre what's currently happening in our society, whenever that was. Right. Well, you will always have that moment, and mm -hmm. so will he. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I just, I don't know. I, I just, I can't, I can't say enough about how much I love your music and your writing and how real and genuine the both of you are. Um, you know, there's there's nothing here that is disingenuous at all about either of you and about the music that you write. And and that's what this industry is lacking so much of. It's lacking in integrity and and genuine storytellers that are actually here to be a steward for people. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, uh, and you're I, that kind of person too. Like we're having this conversation yeah. because you are that kind of person. Like we, yeah. I think we talked for what um two minutes, you mm -hmm. and I specifically at at that show, and haven't really like we've not been in the same place since since right. <laughs> yeah, but hey, here we are. <laughs> you know, I don't know yeah. about you, Han, but no, and I mean, you know, if you're open to it, you will find the people that relate to you like we know some songwriters in town that tell the truth are they the ones on the radio no are they the ones in the movies no but are they willing to walk in those places with you absolutely and i think that's the difference is we've in a way lost sight of the fact that artistry did used to just be sung in like the bars or in someone's backyard and everybody would kind of dance together and we would tell these stories. We've lost the whimsical, genuine storytelling that needs to still be there for, I'm going to go out on a limb for the sake of humanity. Yes. We need music. Like if this time in life hasn't taught us anything it's taught it has taught us anything it's taught us that the arts are absolutely important and we need to stop cutting them out of education and out of each other's lives because 
it makes an incredible difference in what is happening in the world around us. It is the stories like education used to just be by word of mouth. And that's the entire history of some cultures are just word of mouth. And we're losing that when we decide to stop using music and communication and the arts to do so. So I, I really do believe that that's an essence that has come back to people is the necessity of it. Mm. And I hope it's allowed people to be more vulnerable and more open to their own stories and stop hiding from them. Um, Your story exists within you and it touches all of the people around you. So stop Stop running from yourself. When you're ready. Oh, wow. This has got so heavy, but I'm so here for it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We read Americana. We love you. We think you're cool. It's going to be okay. Just remember you're not alone. Like, good heavens. It's We literally all have one thing that we all just did together separately. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and whether it's a pandemic or whether it's, you know, you turned a certain age, like someone on this planet did that. You got together, you broke up, you didn't. I told my sister today, I was like in eight years and I'm not, I'm not like an ageist or anything. Like I, I actually really love aging, but I was like in eight years, I'm going to be 40. And it was like, huh, (laughs) <laughs> that's a fun fact <laughs> just a fun fact it's Nothing actually else. just a fun fact and yeah. I hope more people respect that Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of you're okay and embrace that like let's go let's fucking do it like let's I yeah. mean go you know we got let's do some stuff like so I've been much more like I've been live stoked to be 35 since i think i was like 17 or 18 yeah 35 forget 21 or 30 like give me 35 (laughs) (laughs) um i'm getting closer i've got a couple years to go but there is i think for so many of us it is we were taught to fear Mm -hmm. the future of getting older and being forgotten and what you we should actually have been taught was that you don't have to like you surround yourself with people who celebrate you for who you are and vice versa like you're you can get older those people are going to want to be around you anyway yeah like why wouldn't they want to see what you do like why wouldn't they want to see what you grow into for however many decades you can do it like let's get fucking crazy like what you gonna do let me let's see it let's go yeah, I, I think it's timeline. Im- are we on exactly? It, it's important to for people to realize, like, like you said. I mean, age really doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, but are you growing from year to year? How about that? Mm-hmm. Are I we are we not so. st- are we not stuck in the same pattern? What are you doing? It's like you said. There's so much life to live. So why stop when you get to one specific age? Why not just push past it and continue? I mean. Yeah. Good Lord, Morgan Freeman, 
you know, he didn't get mega famous until he was like way later in life. I mean, and then there are people who were just, who were signing record deals at the age of 40, you know, or Charles Bradley doing it at like what? 60 something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm 33 and I'm at this point where I have so much more going on and I'm like, holy shit. 20 something me would be like mind blown at what I've done in my thirties. Literally. Yes. Keep becoming a more whole person. Yeah. The the longer you have to do it. Keep being more of the person that you are as you discover yourself. I genuinely wish someone had told me my 20s would suck. Like, I really do. (laughs) (laughs) We played played a show in St. Louis and uh, a, a, a girl and her crew came in. And was like, what advice do you have for me on my birthday? And I was like, your 20s are going to suck. And the no, whole group was they were like, like, oh, no. What? And I was like, no. I said, your 20s are your learning years. Yeah. Your 30s are coming into the knowledge and understanding your boundaries. And that's right. as far as we've gotten, so we can't tell you anything yeah. else. And then I said, and then I've heard that your 40s are when you really get it and you run with it all. Yeah. And I actually, like, it's encouraging. It's encouraging to be like, because I feel like, especially for women, it, it has become this, like, your life is over in your 30s. Right. When mm-hmm. in reality, you know yourself. You know your body. And you have you have goals and you have dreams that you want to achieve and you actually now have the tools to be able to do that. And uh, I want that for people so badly that they just lean into exactly who they have grown to be. Yeah, we can get into that. But like, I, it's, it's such a, it's such a heavy thing for the both of us that, it's a conversation that needs to stop being stigmatized yeah for for people absolutely mm-hmm. your yeah. life is beginning in your 30s honestly that is so real yeah embrace yourself i'm here to do it with you whatever your gender orientation age give me i want to i want to see what you're doing yes. let's go i yeah. love it all right. Well, I hate to do this, but if we continue, this is going to be like an hour long, and I don't, I don't know that that's the way to go. I'd have to split it up into two parts. So we'll just have to have the both of you back in season two. Yeah. Well, we would love to join you again, Miss Katie Thompson. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, Alyssa, for being here, for talking, for sharing your souls, and talking about your music. I just, I love everything about the both of you as humans and as songwriters and i'm so excited for where your music is going and i can't wait for uh, new music so please record it and get it out there like asap um there might be some coming yes yes awesome well and then we'll have you back in season two so you can talk about it then thank you for having us and we do if you listen and you like our music we do have a patreon Oh, um, and it's you can find us at Patreon backslash, backslash the daily daily fair F A R E. Fantastic, and, and links will also be in the show notes. So make yeah. sure that I get those. Thank you. Yes, absolutely, and we'll be posting more new things, exclusive things that only our patrons get, and um, 
yeah, we're just excited to share life with people. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's always good to see you, Katie. All of the handful of times we get have gotten to do it so far, but <laughs> never, never bothered more for it to happen future. again. Absolutely, more in the future. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can do a quartet with the the Thompson twins and and us at some point. Maybe we can work that out. So I didn't. Are I people didn't ready? Necessarily catch this earlier. My sister and I are actually not twins. What? We're not. Stop she's, it. She's older. I'm younger. She's actually four years older than me. Sorry. Well, you can edit that out. Of uh, well, your <laughs> sister. Okay, your sister and you. Maybe I just assumed. How did that even happen? Anyways, she doesn't I, matter. I'm just, I'm just gonna let you, you are know. Related. She's going to love you for that because. <laughs> Because she's she's a mom of two boys and she's got all the gray and she's kind of feeling it and I'm like you're beautiful stop well fuck I mean so. yeah, I've, I've, I'm paying for gray hair currently so <laughs> tell her if she can tell me what she's having I would like that so I can yeah. stop paying for it though Paul you do a great job it's um, called stress and kids and bills okay I'm gonna keep <laughs> skipping the kids part and hope that it works out for me understood <laughs> okay well so the the Thompson kids, the Thompson, are you, you both, she, her? Um, yes. Yes. Okay. So perhaps we at some point do a daily fair duet with the Thompson sisters. And uh, if you're into sisters. it, oh and then you gosh. can just, you could just be like, she meant to say sisters, not twins in the other section of it. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, like I said, she's going to love you for this. So. Right. Uh, but it, we're absolutely, I'm just going to say a yes on her part. I can speak for her. It's fine. We're Perfect. close enough. All right. So <laughs> it's happening. We just have to get her we're down to Nashville do so that it's we can be make beautiful. This happen. Love it. No Thank rush. Thank you again no so much for having us. Just gray hair. It's been wonderful to chat with you. It has been. Alyssa, thank you so, so much for coming on the show, for talking about your amazing music. It was just an absolute joy and privilege for me. So make sure if you're listening in today, you go check out the links in the show notes. You want to download their album, Smoke and Mirrors, as soon as possible. You need this music in your life. You need it. Trust me. And then if you're in the Nashville area, you've got to find out where they are playing. So again, links in the show notes. Go find them. They're incredible. They're wonderful. 
So thank you to everybody who listened in today. Thank you so much for liking and subscribing and giving me a five-star review. I appreciate it. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at katie at musiconthemovestudios.com. We'll see you soon. Bye.